Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Happy Wednesday, my name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Coming up on the program today, we're going to look at uh, the world of professional wrestling with some of the stories that are going on outside of WWE as we head toward Elimination Chamber. But first, we're gonna be looking at the NBA as we're getting ready for the start of the second half of the season. We're gonna go over uh, just some of the stuff that I'm, I'm looking ahead to in this second part of the season. So we're running through a lot of teams in the NBA today. Uh, that is kind of the plan. Uh, hopefully you like this video, and if you could literally do that, that would be awesome. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. Leaving a comment is swell as well. Um, if you are listening in podcast form, make sure you uh, leave a review and subscribe there. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook. All right, let's get into it. This is going to be a lot of basketball talk. So today going to run through conference by conference and just what I'm kind of looking ahead to, to the relevant teams and the Raptors in the, uh, in the NBA coming up here. So that is uh, kind of what we're going to do. We'll start with the Celtics. They're set. Like there, there isn't a whole lot there. The main thing is, is just everyone stay healthy, uh, specifically Porzingis, uh, Porzingis. Not that he is that team's MVP, but things change dramatically if that guy is not necessarily in the lineup. Obviously, same thing for Tatum, but... Um, the more prominent injury concern would be, you know, Porzingis, and he is just so important to that team. So, moving on, um, one question I have, how for real are the Cleveland Cav uh, Cavaliers? Because they look very for real. They've had a couple of injury problems and have kind of stayed the course, and not only stayed the course, but kind of exceeded it. I think a lot of people had coming into the season, it was going to be Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and then the 4-5 was going to be Cleveland against New York this year, and then whoever after that. And the Cleveland Cavaliers have come in and really upset things here. They are playing very, very well right now. Uh, they barely lost with Garland out, and now um, it, it seems like they've kind of figured out the Mobley-Allen situation there as well. Um, Donovan Mitchell, is he happy there? Is he not happy there? We will see. The main thing now is going to be in the postseason, because they got their shit rocked by the New York Knicks. Um, so we'll see now what, what they can do. If they hold on to this two-seed, then you get kind of a not overly inspiring team out of the play-in, and you avoid the Boston Celtics until the Eastern Conference Final. That would be massive and is going to be a theme for the top teams here in the Eastern Conference. Uh, for the Buccaneer, uh, for the Buccaneers, sorry, for the Milwaukee Bucks, still in football mode, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, can they kind of just figure it out? They're onto their second coach, um... And he is already talking about, like, I'm, I am I asked the Milwaukee owners, why are you doing this? Um, he's kind of already building in a lot of excuses out in Milwaukee. It, it's no secret this is not, like, offensively, it's dynamite. But even still, it's not that great. Defensively, they haven't figured out a system yet that has worked. Uh, they, they go out and acquire Pat Beverly, which I think certainly helps. But... This team doesn't look at, I think there was a lot of, okay, well, yeah, they, they lost Drew Holiday, but you get Damian Lillard back. This offense is going to be great. And then defensively, you still have Lopez and Giannis back there. They can figure it out. They haven't figured it out yet. And so they, they need to. Right now, they are the, uh, the, the the third seed in the East on their second coach. They're only a game and a half up on the Knicks for fourth spot. And again, talking about it from the, in that Cleveland part, if Milwaukee ends up in the, Celtic side of the bracket and has to play Boston in the second round, 
they're probably going to lose that series. And this is now going to be another very disappointing playoff exit for the Milwaukee Bucks. So they need to really get it figured out here in the second part of the season. Embarrassing loss to Memphis. Things are kind of spiraling on them. Let's see if they can get it back on track. Feels like the All-Star break came at an excellent time for them. Um, for the... <laughs> Where am I? Um, sorry, I got uh, a little tied up on the... Um, a little messed up on the, the note side. What about the New York Knicks? Um, they are also looking to avoid the Eastern Conference final portion for the, uh, for the Boston Celtics. Sorry, I don't know why I handwrite these things when my printing is so terrible. Um, they're also looking to avoid it, and that would be absolutely awesome. Um, for the Knicks, like we said, they are a game and a half back of the Bucks for third place in the NBA's Eastern Conference, and they have figured out an identity, and they are a team that I think teams should be afraid of, right? Like right now in a four or five, um, I think it's them in Philly. Um, with no Embiid, you love the Knicks. And then they're going up against Boston. That would be very difficult. But with OG Ananobi coached by Thibodeau, this team now has a real identity. When we talk about heat culture, there is more proof of concept of it. Um, but we are in, I think, the early stages of Nick culture. And that is a real exciting thing for the New York Knickerbockers. Brunson has been incredible. Um, they made a couple of great additions at the trade deadline. It all has to mesh, but they have a real opportunity of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. And this has been, it's its just great to see basketball mattering again in New York. Speaking of the Philadelphia 76ers, what does it look like without Embiid? They are only two and a half games up on the play-in teams. And we don't know if Embiid is coming back Personally, I would be surprised if Joel Embiid comes back, and if he does, I question what he will look like. Um, so now, with Maxi and uh, newly acquired Heald, where do they go? What do they do? And what what does this team actually look like? We're, we're kind of starting from scratch with this group again, and they have to figure it out quickly. Because like we said, that bottom is coming up on them very, very quickly, and I don't think they can afford to be a play-in team. Um, if, if it gets to that point, it means things will have kind of gone sideways for them and you won't feel a whole lot of confidence about the Philadelphia 76ers. And then my, my question, just kind of lumping in a few of them, is who separates from the Pacers, the Heat, and the Orlando Magic? Uh, right now, Indiana, uh, Indiana is on the outside of the play-in, and it would be Miami against Orlando in the 7-8 game, but the Pacers are only half a game up for uh, that, that sixth spot. I feel like Orlando is the one that kind of separates in a negative way. They, they maybe drop back a little bit, but this experience is going to be invaluable for them, and they are really building something out in Orlando. Miami, they went through the plan last year. They're, they are not afraid of that. I do think that, like, uh, on the top-wise, I do think Indiana is the best of these three teams, especially now with the addition of Pascal Siakam. With it, Once they get everyone healthy and playing there, this is going to be a very difficult team to stop. And I, I think they put a lot of pressure on on Miami and Orlando, and I think those two teams do end up in the uh, the seven eight play in game. Uh, and then, will anyone challenge Chicago or Atlanta for a play in spot? The Nets just fired their coach um, post All Star break. Um, the the Raptors don't feel like they're it. So is there going to be a challenge coming for Chicago and Atlanta, or will we get just one of the more uninspiring 9-10 play-in games that you, you could imagine, and what was kind of like worst-case scenario when this whole system started? Uh, two teams that maybe should have blown it up now get to hold on 
for uh, the potential for two playoff games um, and then the opportunity to get absolutely pumped by the Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. But I, I don't see it. Like, I, I think right now the 10 teams that are in are the 10 teams that are in. There could be some shuffling for sure, but I kind of think the four that are in the play-in are the four in the play-in as well. As for the Raptors, there's a lot of questions. Can Scotty Barnes get his shit together is definitely one of them. Because um, th this has been a very eye-opening stretch with the Raptors where he has obviously been frustrated with some things and he is handling it very poorly. And that is a major concern for a guy who they have very clearly planted their flag on as the guy we are building around now, right? He was the guy who they couldn't trade in any kind of Kevin Durant trade. He was the guy who they are going to build around, moving out OG Ananobi, not bringing back Fred Van Vliet, not bringing back Nick Nurse, not bringing back Pascal Siakam, moving him out as well. This is a team that very clearly is built around this guy. And if there's going to be attitude issues already, that's a major concern. The other questions, um, what we've seen maybe quickly fall off a little bit since getting a, an expanded role with the, with the Raptors after the trade featuring OG Ananobi. How does he step up in this, um, in this new role? And my last one with the Raptors is what do we see from Grady Dick? Because he's a first round pick. He's a player that a lot of people were excited about coming into the season. Didn't get a whole lot of run. And now with the, the moves that have been made he's getting a bit more of the court so let's see what Grady Dick has in store here in the second half of the season let's move now into the Western Conference and the main question can Minnesota hold on to that number one spot they have a significant amount of uh, home games compared to road games left they have figured out the two big system Anthony Edwards has stepped up and some of the role players have stepped up as well this is legitimately a good basketball team um for the regular season for the playoffs We'll see. When you get to scout this and, and play it four, five, six, seven times, I think you start to figure it out. But for the regular season, I think this is legitimate. And, and I think Minnesota does hold on and eventually gets this one seed. Um, for Oklahoma City, it's kind of just keeping on, keeping on. Didn't love the deadline. We've been over that. Thought they needed to go out and acquire another big. They didn't go out and acquire another big. Um, so they are now a, a team that... Like, you, you still really, really like them. And this is still an electric team. Do I trust them more than the Minnesota Timberwolves? I do. But when you get into having to face the Lakers or the Nuggets or even the Pelicans, I don't know how well equipped this team is for that. Um, but they are a, a really, really interesting, really fun team going forward. The main question with the Clippers is just can they stay healthy? When it's been healthy... It's been awesome. It has been best case scenario so far for this team. And when it's healthy, it's probably a championship favorite. This is a really, really good basketball team with some really good basketball players on it. And they have figured out how everything kind of meshes there. So the main thing is, can, can it all stay healthy with the Denver Nuggets? I think now we start to see them turn it on a little bit because home court advantage throughout the playoffs is so important to this team. And I understand they've been there, they've done that, they they won the whole thing last year, so maybe there isn't as much urgency to prove it this year in the regular season, but they're only, uh, I think, three games back of first, even though they're in fourth. If they just turn it on here in this second half of the season and flip that switch that we all think they can flip, if they flip that switch, then all of a sudden they're the one seed again Everything runs through Denver, and they become a real problem one more time. Not that they're not a problem, but they would have home court advantage in the first round, and then they're on the road um, in the second round as it sits right now. 
it would be against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which would be such a fascinating matchup with uh, Rudy Gobert, the best defensive big man in the league, going up against Nikola Jokic, the best player in the league. So that would be, God, that would be a blast. Uh, But Denver would not have that home court advantage. Home court is so important to that team, given the altitude and everything. I wonder if we see them make a push here in the, the second half of the season. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, again, it's about staying healthy. We've barely seen this big three together. They went out and acquired, um, or they went out and made a couple of moves to to, to help out the, the depth of this team. But it's still just if Beal, Booker, and KD can stay healthy, or at least two of the three, if they can stay healthy, that would be great. Um, because like there's so much talent on this team, but it does feel like they're kind of forgotten about in the West because we haven't seen it all together. So it's okay. Well, th- this is whatever, but let's let's wait and see. And now we're past the All Star break, and we're still waiting to see with the the Phoenix Suns. With New Orleans, it's can Zion take over? I actually really like this team. Watching that Clippers game a couple of weeks ago, um, with Valanciunas able to to dominate inside, Ingram is still quite good. McCollum is an excellent scorer. It all comes down to to Zion. When he's point Zion, he like there's just there's no matchup that doesn't feel like a mismatch for him. And it's just a matter of is he still physically capable, given the injuries that he has had and the toll that has been taken on a body that he quite frankly hasn't taken perfect care of. Can he still be that guy that dominates games and be the guy who can take over? Because if he can get back, like they have built, I think, an almost perfect team around him. If they can just get him now to being the, like even 80% of the Zion we thought we were going to get, this could be a team that could make a really deep run in the Western Conference. Watch out for the Dallas Mavericks is another note that I have, uh, note that I have. I loved this team's deadline, getting Gafford, who could be, like, there were nights, this is damning with faint praise, but there were nights where he was the best player on the Washington Wizards. Um, I think he is now finally one player who can play defense. P.J. Washington is a solid piece as well, who could play at least a little bit of defense. Now you surround Luka with that type of talent, all of a sudden this looks like a team that could really do something in the West. And it would require one of the teams who we talked about to drop into the play-in game. Maybe it wouldn't, but like you look at it, if they play, if Dallas plays uh, Minnesota in the first round, if they fall into the eight spot, I might pick Dallas, right? They have the best player. Um, and then with Gafford being out there to and, and Washington being able to deal with the, the, the twin towers um, out in Minnesota, you might pick Dallas. Like, they're going to have the best player in every series except for one, maybe two, in, in the West. And it, they've now kind of surrounded Luka with a decent team. It's not perfect, but it, it's good enough that I, I think that they are a team that you really should watch out for in the NBA. Um, can Sacramento Kings find that spark again? This field, uh, th- this season does not feel at all like what last year felt like. And last year it was new, it was exciting. This year... There's a sameness to it, and they need to find something again because it just it it hasn't been as electric as last season was, and they don't feel during the regular season as inevitable as they did a season ago. And if Fox doesn't get hurt in that best of seven against Golden State, maybe they get past the Warriors there. But I don't think anyone is saying, "Oh, well, if things break right, maybe they whatever." They they feel that they are a seventh place team that right now, or the seventh or eighth place team that right now feels every bit like a seventh or eighth place team. Will the Lakers find their groove? Um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James have been excellent this season, and I think they have been wasted on a team that isn't very good. They go out and get um, 
They they go out and get Dinwiddie, and that helps, I suppose. Um, it does help. I'm being a little facetious. That does help, but this team just has hasn't really put it all together yet this season, especially offensively. And look, maybe they have, right? Maybe maybe this group has put it together offensively in the best way that this group can put it together offensively. But it's still, it, it feels like it, it leaves you lacking a little bit. And I just wonder if they have another gear that they can find. One team who has found that other gear are the Golden State Warriors. They've had some injury issues. They've had some... One of our core pieces keeps punching people in the face issues. But now they seem to have figured out a mix that works. And they seem to have figured out a um, a few things now. And they have been playing some of their best basketball of the season leading up to the All-Star break. And now we'll see if they get a little bit healthier. But it does seem like some of the, the roles that they've put their young players in have allowed them to flourish. This is a team that you still, with Steph Curry, I get Clay hasn't been great, and Draymond... Ditto. Um, but Clay, I think, is starting to figure out his new role. And Kaminga and um, some of the younger, other younger players are starting to figure out their roles as well. I, I think Golden State might have a few things figured out. Man, the West is going to be so, so good this year. And then the last one here, can the Rockets just get into the play-in? Uh, they're three and a half games out right now. This was always going to be a bit more of a development year in the first year with Brooks and with Fred Van Vliet, but they're at least within striking distance now with two veteran players in your lineup. We'll see what they can do here in the second half of the season. But that's just a quick little rundown of all the teams that are still kind of involved here in the NBA as we head into the second half of the season. All right, let's get into some wrestling talk. As we head toward Elimination Chamber, I think this is a good time to take a step back and just look at the, the, the wrestling world as a whole. So let's start with AEW. It kind of feels cold around AEW right now, doesn't it? Like, the um, Sting's last match gets me going. Um, Edge and Christian, or sorry, Adam Copeland and Christian having a bit of a feud. You got my interest a little bit. Aside from that, like, I like Samoa Joe being the champion, but... There isn't a whole lot of story in AEW right now that gets me excited. Like, Brian Danielson against Jun Akiyama is fun as hell. Um, but there isn't a storyline in AEW right now that's like, man, you know what? I'm going to tell someone they need to pay attention to this because it's that this is going great. And it feels like the, 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 the really long buildup to the devil and then it kind of being a bit of a letdown. Um, I think that really, I think that really took a lot of the wind out of the sails of people. And now with MJF being gone for as long as he has been gone, um, you, you really feel that absence. Um, and it just, it feels like a very cold product right now. And it probably gets heated up here. Um, Okada has his last match this weekend. Um, Osprey just had his last match. Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, um, is expected to come in next month. This... Like, it, it feels like, once again, there's going to be a nice little shot in the arm. But AEW, um, AEW does kind of get, like, that, that that's always been just their thing. Is they've relied on shot in the arm from new talent coming in. Shot in the arm from new talent coming in. And there's nothing sustained with it. Um, so it, it's, they, they really do need to get a lot of things figured. I'm, I'm pulling for them. I loved it. I never 
imagine at the start of AEW that there would be a world where I would be criticizing and a little bit down on and just, I'll, I'll catch it when I catch it with AEW, but WWE is must watch and must see. I, I just, I didn't think I would get to that point. Um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Osprey and Okada have uh, finished up. As I mentioned, Okada uh, is wrapping things up this Saturday. Um, and Osprey wrapped his stuff up with a, a steel cage match out there in Japan. So now the, the question is, who steps up in their place? And I'm very interested to see how New Japan pivots from this. This is, like, they've had talent leave before, right? Devitt, um, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, all of those guys. that They all left, and they were able to, to bounce back in some big-time ways. And people stepped up, like Will Osprey. Uh, but now the, the, the main guy, Okada, is gone. And now who steps into that role will be very interesting to see. They've done some pretty good jobs um, building up some of the matches and, and some of the shows here stateside. Um, I'm I, I'm really interested to see what happens out in uh, out in New Japan. Uh, and the TNA situation continues to be really, really interesting. Um, I continue to not understand the Scott Demore thing at all. Like it just, speaking of taking the wind out of your sails, I actually was getting to a point where TNA was like, it, it's in the rotation now of stuff I need to catch at least at some point during the week. And after the Demore news, like, yeah, Tommy Dreamer is your head of creative. Isn't that the guy who we all agreed we didn't want to see anymore coming off of, um, coming off of dark side of the ring a couple years ago. Aren't, are we good? Um, but he's the, the guy and it's a president who none of us have ever really heard of. It just felt very uninspired and like Scott Demore bled TNA and for him to, to be ousted, it just sucks. And so that kind of deflated a lot of excitement around TNA, I thought. So that's just a, a couple quick bouncing around in the world of professional wrestling as we head toward Elimination Chamber. For uh, the, the rest of the, the week, uh, nothing wrestling tomorrow, but coming up on Friday, we're going to have a full Elimination Chamber preview along with uh, UFC fights to make after UFC 298 with a, a quick preview of the, the UFC fight night card that's going down from Mexico. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, um, and if you are listening in podcast form, subscribe, leave a review, that stuff helps. You can find me on social media for updates on when all this stuff is coming out. Post everything to facebook.com slash couchpotatodiary. You can find me personally on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email this show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in today, and I will talk to all of you later.